future of talent development is really developing the total person. And in reading the newspaper this morning, I saw that um, this was a, a survey of Wisconsin manufacturers and 71% of manufacturers are concerned about finding enough talent in 2021. So they're already thinking past the pandemic. They're already thinking about this resurgence, this growth that we're going to experience when we come out of this thing. And 71% are worried about finding talent. And the trick to finding talent is through proactive talent management and also uh, total person development. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Hey there, I'm Steve Van Remortel, Chief Strategist and Talent Advisor for Stop the Vanilla and the host of the Stop the Vanilla Experience, where we help you achieve your vision for your business and your career in life by having the right strategy and the right talent. In your business, when your talent plan and talent decisions are based on your strategy, your company will accelerate towards your vision and achieve record profitability and growth. And in your career in life, when you have the right strategy based on your natural talents, you will love what you do, deliver it naturally, excel at it, and get rewarded for it, allowing you to live the life you want. It's about strategy and talent. Strategy and talent plan for your business, strategy and talent plan for your career in life. Because there's nothing you can achieve in your business and life with the right strategy and right talent. I'm really excited to dive in, dive into it with you, Terry, and uh, welcome to the podcast, by the way. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. Good to be here. I'm so jacked up that I uh, forget to welcome you. Um, so a little background on our relationship. So in 20, late 2014, um, we went through a, a strategy and talent planning process, put together the 2015 strategy and talent plan for Packer Fastener. And then you got certified in our Shepherd of the Talent training and and in the behavioral sciences and all the talent processes that you probably have since modified and made your own at Packer Fastener, which is the essence of it. And you have really ran with it, which is what we really want leaders to do is train them on how to become the shepherd of the talent and then deliver on that. And, and you have done that. And that's what I'm excited to share with our listeners about today is, is, you know, and again, I'll, I'll preface by saying, you know, Packer Fastener doesn't have it all figured out, but you guys are on the path of total person development. And when you look for a position to fill, you don't have much issue finding talent because talent finds you because of the brand that you created for Packer Fastener and what you do for your people and how you invest in your people. And so, uh, and you do this through our terminology is what we call the shepherd of the talent. So you're a true shepherd of the talent, Terry. And for those that are unfamiliar with this term, I would like you to describe what shepherd of the talent means to you in your role as the leader of Packer Fastener. Yeah, Steve. And uh, yeah, thanks for the, the very kind intro there. And I will only say when we met in 2014, that was that was a pivotal moment in my, my career and my leadership journey. I think we're always on a lifelong journey of leadership. But uh, when we speak of shepherd of the talent, I think that has become a very key part of my leadership style. And when we use that term shepherd of the talent and when we just use the term leadership around here uh, at Packer Fastener, and uh, we now have a sister company, Packer Freight, and we can, we can dive into that later. Um, you know, it's really, as you mentioned, it, it's caring about the entire individual and realizing that uh, not only are, are people team members, but their, 
their leaders at home and in their communities, their, their husbands, their wives, their fathers, their mothers, their, their daughters, their sons. And one thing that I think the, the millennial generation, and I don't, I don't like to use that term a lot, but I think it's a commonplace in uh, talent management, at least uh, with the millennial generation, and we're, we're very much, I would term a millennial company, I think, gosh, probably 80% of our people fall in that demographic. I'm, I'm a Gen Xer, but the millennials really brought to light that work-life balance, or at least brought it to the forefront. And I think maybe we were a little ahead of the curve because of our, our uh, work we did with you back in, in 14, Steve, uh, but really realizing that we don't, we don't live in these silos you know, we don't we don't put our work hat on and, and come to work for nine hours a day and then take it off and, you know, become a, a dad or a, a husband or a boyfriend or girlfriend at home. And, you know, when we have a when we have a good day at work and we're fulfilled at work, we're, we're better at home. You know, we're better in our communities and vice versa. You know, if we if we have a tough night at home or things aren't going right at home, that, that inevitably carries over to the work for, workplace. So I think we, we just grasped that concept um, with the help of the, the process we went through with you. And so now when we look at people, we try to be very in tune with, you know, not only, not only their passions, but also, you know, what are their ultimate aspirations? And, and if we can achieve optimal role alignment, uh, we've just found that people are, are happier and more satisfied at work. And, and we feel that really spills over to the community and, uh, you know, we're making a, an impact beyond just selling nuts and bolts or freight. Yeah. So let's talk, let's dive in a little bit, because one of the things that's important to me about this podcast today is that the listeners walk away with a couple things that they can do immediately in their company to help build this employer of choice, this total person development. So when a person, well, let's first talk about you have an opening, right? And so you get all these resumes, you got a stack of resumes, you got, you know, your employees are referring people because, you know, they want to work there. Um, your team members. So talk about what, just talk briefly about what the early stages of it looks like when you go to interview and or when you make the hire, how does this total person development fit? What does it look like? Yeah, Steve. So um, just to to paint the landscape here, you know, we're about 100 team members strong at this point. And uh, I didn't do the exact math here, but I would say probably 95 are from referrals. So we have found that, you know, our, our current team is our recruiting. Yeah, our current team is our HR department. <laughs> That's, that is awesome. Which man. is an awesome, that is awesome spot to be. And, and I'm not kidding right now where I probably have, I don't know, four or five resumes uh, in a file of people that want to join the team. And we're, we're having conversations and we're just waiting for the, the growth to present the opportunity to bring them on. And so, so we realize that we, we're very blessed, right? We're in a very good position. And uh, I, I bring that back to, you know, I'll, I'll say culture, right? But our culture is people-centric and people development-centric. And, and I think that, uh, you know, when, when you create that atmosphere and people are conversing with their friends or colleagues outside of, outside of work and it turns to the topic of work, you know, people are satisfied or they enjoy working and coming to work here and people want to be a part of that you know and we're also seeing a certain level of success and people want to be a part of something successful and so uh, you know that's that's been our kind of secret sauce i guess is just staying people development and culture development centric and and so you the first thing you pointed out there is the result of total person development right one of the results is a strong referral system 
um, employer choice. I mean, so you're right out of the gate here. We're starting to feel the results of total person development. So when a person comes on board, when you make that hire, talk a little bit about your process and how you go about putting a development plan in place for the total person. Talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So, uh, so interesting, Stephen, we've conversed about this, right? Uh, rarely do we use the uh, behavioral analytics or assessments prior to hiring someone. We are strictly looking for cultural fits. So we've defined our intentional culture. It's, it's 14 bullet points or behaviors that, that uh, we uh, expect our people to behave or how we behave as a team. And uh, we are strictly looking for cultural fits. You know, we sell nuts and bolts and we sell freight. It's not rocket science. You know, we can teach anybody the tactical side of most of the roles we have here. Uh, but we're looking for strong cultural fits. Typically, we hire for very entry-level positions. And then when we get them on the team, we do the behavioral assessments and we figure out how people are wired because we're all wired differently. And based how we're wired, you know, we have different strengths and we're more likely to be successful or feel engaged in certain roles. So shortly after a person comes on board and they, they ingrain themselves in our culture, you know, we start to plot out a career development plan. And it's not necessarily set in stone, but we look at the roles in the company, we look at our future growth plans, and we start to paint a picture of what might be possible for their, uh, for their career growth and development. I'm, I'm assuming their eyes just open up while you're having that conversation. Like here, I just started working for Packer Fastener and we're already talking about what could happen in my career. Like that is powerful. Like uh, I, I can't imagine that they just don't get all jacked up and want to run out, the, you know, run through the wall for the organization. Um, does it create that? It's, it's very powerful, Steve. And even better, right, is when you sit down and have that conversation, you know, a month in, and then three years later, they're in that spot that you talked about, right? And you, you get somebody in who's a, I'll just say, a 20-year-old kid who came out of tech school, right? And you're telling them, you've got branch manager potential written all over you, right? We, I've got four guys who started in your role and they're running branches and overseeing, you know, multi-million dollar business entities. And uh, then, you know, fast forward three years, they work their way through the system and uh, they earn it. Right. Uh, but then you look back and say, remember when, and, and it's powerful because, you know, now with, with the organization and the team that size that it is, uh, we just got through this, uh, our, our strategic planning process. And uh, you know, of our like 14 senior leaders and drivers in the company, like, 12 of them started entry-level order fulfillment at 12 bucks an hour. And, and so it's, it's great to be able to share that story, um, not only share the story, but then continue to live the story. Yeah. So what, what was the, was there a, a light bulb moment? Uh, was there a moment that said that I need to care for the total person? Like, was there a specific moment or was it a shift over time? What, what brought you to this? You know, I know we went through our training and stuff, but what turned the light bulb on for you? Like, this is the company that I want to build. Was there a moment? You know, Steve, yeah, there, there was. There was probably several moments leading up to 2014 when we met. And, and that was seeing um, just what is what individuals are, are capable and possible of when given opportunity and given the right level of support. And, and, you know, initially, you know, maybe you know, the first one you go, oh, that's, you know, that's, that's the one in a million shot or that's the, the A plus superstar we kind of stumbled across. But when you start to see a pattern of guys working their way through the system and given adequate support, 
um, you start to look and realize that, you know, this is probably scalable. And then at the same time, when you're hiring young people, which we had done in the, in the early 2010s, um, you see these people, they, they, they start out and they're young single guys or young single gals, and then they get married and they have families and you start to see the whole picture and you see them strong leaders at work and then you see them becoming fathers and uh, talking about their children and you just see, hear these kind of small conversations about how their leadership at work is being used at their leadership at their families and their homes. And, and all of a sudden, yeah, then, then the light bulb starts to go off. I wouldn't say it's one singular moment, Steve. It was just kind of the experiences of, of Packer Fastener from you know, 2008 to 2014. So, I, so you went through the Shepherd of the Talent training, and then I asked you to come back and speak to the, the next class and talk about your experience. And you told the story that day that like, had that whole room just moved and emotional. And so maybe that's not the story you're going to tell right now, but tell me a story of total person development that like just warms your heart. Like this is what it's all about. I mean, tell me a story. You know, Stephen, I, I do recall the story that, you know, I, you're referring to then uh, a young man who was with the company who just uh, uh, came from a broken family and had never really been, I don't know, was never just life hadn't worked out for the way that uh, it probably should have. Uh, to the point when he joined Packer Fastener and, and uh, you know, just sitting down and doing coaching and mentoring and helping him uncover, you know, his gifts and uh, helping him realize that he had value to this world and he had value to himself um, and then helping support and align him on a path for success. And, you know, I, I think the story I shared is he had written me a, a very personal note um, and sent it to me. And inside that note, he had included a hundred dollar bill and, and had told me that uh, to have the next celebration with my wife and, and drinks on him. And uh, that, that was, that was pretty cool. Uh, yeah. And then there's just, you know, there's so many examples at this point, Steve, it's, it's hard to pinpoint because you, know, you see these <laughs> little wins day in and day out and I'm, I, you don't get tired of them by any means, but, um, but I just feel so incredibly blessed because, you know, and anything that I've given back to these, these team members or, or, or the, the people that have had the, the good privilege to, to lead, you know, I get back 10x. I, I truly do. And, and that's one of the things about being the shepherd of the talent is that you're investing in others, but in the process of investing in others, look at the blessings that we get, right? So, I mean, it gets to the point where those stories start becoming why you do it, right? Those stories and those breakthroughs that and the lives you change start becoming the reason. Right, right. Yeah. And Steve, you know, we sat down a couple of years ago and it, it's kind of, uh, it's kind of, I'm going to use the term millennialish, right? But a little Simon sinek but we really tried to uncover our why. You know, why do we exist? For, for goodness sakes, we sell nuts and bolts for a living and, and brokerage freight. Um, but as a group, we, we came up with our why is that we truly develop one another and ourselves to create growth and opportunity. And we firmly believe that as individuals, if we're growing and, and not just me uh, growing the people in the organization, but a lot of peer growing, that that results in organizational success and organizational success creates opportunity for, for us all. Yeah. So invest. So rephrasing that, if I heard you right, investing in the individual leads to organizational success. Absolutely. Investing in a total person, yeah. Steve, if you, so, if you can take an order fulfillment person at 12 bucks an hour, and five years later, they're leading a multi-million dollar unit of your business, I, I, inevitably, that's, that's just the, that success is gonna follow. 
that is success. And then, and then with that, their personal success is also part of that as well. Correct. That's the total person thing. Yeah. Again, because if they're strong leaders at work and they're going to be strong leaders at home, right? If they're fulfilled at work, they're, they're going to be better husbands, wives, spouses, fathers, parents. Yeah. And that's one of the key principles of the shepherd of the talent is you just don't develop talent at work. You develop talent at home as well. The talent that you're responsible for. So um, that's, Again, to help out the listeners and how they might, what would, you know, what's what's one of the most impactful processes you use or frameworks that you use within your total person development system? Just share one that like is a centerpiece of it, if you will. Yeah, Stephen, again, we don't have it all figured out. We're constantly learning and uh, some trial and error, which uh, is probably a very powerful way to learn. Uh, we try to work off of a framework um, to put some structure, right? Because this was a little easier when we met and the organization was 25 people to when it is at, at 100 people. There's just more moving parts. Um, so we, we have a pun on, on hex nuts and we call it our excellence program, which is six steps to um, personal and career development. Uh, and those six steps, I'll just, I'll just outline them for us. We don't need to deep dive here. But we start step one, we're looking for cultural fits, bringing in cultural fits to the organization. Step two is uh, behavioral assessments, trying to figure out how people are wired, set out a career plan for them. Uh, step three is the, the tactical training. Everybody needs tactical training. Uh, step four is getting them aligned with a coach or a mentor. Uh, step five is our performance feedback. And our performance feedback is, it's probably not unique to everyone, but a little bit unique is, you know, we assess people on cultural alignment along with job performance and we weight those equally and we plot them into a quad analysis and we want everybody to be in the quadrant of high job performance, high cultural alignment. And then our last, last step is our, our leadership development where we try to ultimately churn out future leaders at, at work and at home and in the communities. All right. So you have six steps. Just repeat those at the title of each one real quickly so we can at least summarize for the listeners. Yeah, it's culture behavioral assessments, training, coaching, performance feedback, and leadership. That's awesome. So um, what, what, what has been, you know, as a leader goes to put this in place, you know, and again, you're not going to do it in a year. You're not, you're going to do it over a course of years, right? It's not going to be something you do quickly, but what has been your biggest struggle with total person development and this process that you've implemented? What, what, what's, what's been something that, a challenge with it? Uh, Steve, I'd say, as I mentioned, scaling it, right? It was yeah. really easy when I rubbed elbows with everybody in the organization. Uh, but as you grow, you just don't have the ability to spend as much time with every individual that you used to. Um, so I think, you know, from, from my perspective, putting a little bit of structure, I don't want to ever get too rigid, but it, it comes to developing the next tier of leaders in the organization and that they are, are versed and understand the power of the total person development. And so that's my role as I look and, you know, I, I have a tendency to hang on to things because I, I like to, I, I like, I like to be in tune with everything in the organization. Um, so that's a little bit of relinquishing my role and transferring that trust and empowerment to, uh, to the, the next group of leaders come through. Yeah. So in essence, you're, 
helping you're training them on how to become shepherds as well. Shepherds create shepherds and Correct. change people's lives all over the place. It's that multiplier effect, right? Right. So, it, you know, we're going to, we're going to move on to talking about your culture here in a second, because that like, when I walk into Packer Fastener, like you can feel it, man, you, you like, you can cut it with a knife. Like it's real, it's alive. There's energy. Um, but before we talk about the culture, if there, if, if a leader was struggling to figure out how, on what to do next and building that high performance team, you know, putting this total person development system in place, where would you suggest they start, Terry? Where would they start? Yeah, Steve, I would start, uh, I would start by, by understanding the behavioral assessments and the power of behavioral assessments uh, mm. in the workplace and in the total person development. But I, I would look in the mirror first. I, I think when mm. you went through my assessment, that was incredibly eye-opening to me, because I think as leaders, we often feel we need to be superheroes and, and we're not superheroes. And God bless me with strengths, but gosh knows he, I also have some, some weak points or some blind spots, I think is the term we use, um, and realize, you know, you're not perfect, you know, and we all have to play to our strengths, but we have to build a high performing team that will compensate for some of those gaps we have. And, uh, and then understand that others will have the same strengths and gaps we i laughed steve because remember when we did the behavioral assessments i, I kind of told you and just that i felt everybody who wasn't wired to high d was just lazy yeah <laughs> and they're not lazy they just have different strengths and you need those people in your organization and you need them at the senior leadership level uh to melt make for a, a well-rounded and uh sustainable team yeah yeah um in fact um 38 to 40 percent of the population is the opposite of a high d and that's a high s so the realization is is that it that we need all styles on the team we need all styles on the team and that was something that uh again you and i had talked about so your recommendation to the leader is look in the mirror first understand understand who i am how i lead what my strengths are my blind spots are and in that is what we call total transparency, vulnerability, and just putting it out there, right? Because, and this is very true with the younger generation, but they want to work for a leader that kind of understands and owns their stuff, right? Like when they make a mistake, I own it. And these are my blind spots and I own it. So it's, you know, it goes back to the old leading by example thing, right? If you want them to do it, you got to do it first. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So, um, Let's let's move on to this culture that you have at at Packer Fastener. I know there's several components of your culture, and I want you to talk about that. Um, so, through your plant, through your talent planning, your investment in a total person, you've built this true employer of choice. So, it's I guess describe the culture at Packer Fastener, you know, at a high level, and we'll kind of dive into how many points do you have in your culture. Remind me of that, Terry. Fourteen. Okay. So pick a couple of the key cornerstone ones. I know they're all important because everything's important in your culture, but what are a couple key cornerstone pieces of your culture? Yeah, uh, sure, Steve. I, I have it in front of me here. So, uh, yeah, I, I will say uh, this, the high D in me comes out, right? One is we deliver results, <laughs> right? We, 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 we grow here. Uh, we, we throw around, you know, we grow or we die, but, you know, this is a team that's driven for growth. So we make sure we deliver, deliver results, but, you know, with that, we also practice generosity. 
So, you know, we, we take our time and opportunity to make a difference. We use our talents and successes to enrich others' future. You know, instead of asking, what can I get? We ask, what can I give? Mm, awesome. So, you know, we're, awesome. we're kind of like, you know, our, our culture, we term it our swagger, right? Which has a little bravado to it. Um, and that's kind of on the exterior, you know, we, we work hard, we have fun, but then there's also a soft side to it where truly we do care about the individual. And so we, we kind of have that, I don't know, it's kind of our secret sauce. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speak to the fact that you have what you do for your employees there, your team members from a standpoint of fitness, like you've put a gym in, I mean, those are just some of the part, talk about those parts of your culture. Yeah, so I, I don't know, Steve. I guess I'm just a, a big kid and being an entrepreneur and a business owner gives <laughs> a you a lot, of, kid. Lot, a lot of liberties to, to do what some of the fun stuff. Uh, yeah, I, I'm a workout guy. I'm a gym nut. So when we bought this building, we carved out 2,000 square feet and uh, put in a nice gym for everybody. Yeah, we, have, we have seven locations now. So if you're not at uh, the headquarters, you get a, a gym membership comp to you. Then I had the terrible idea of picking up golf a couple of years ago. So uh, <laughs> there's a lot of other golfers here. So we put in a golf simulator. So you can go swing the sticks after work if you want. Um, no, it's just small things like that. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine going to work every day? You know, this is a question for the listeners. Could you imagine going to work every day and just having a ton of fun, right? You're with people you care about, people that own their own stuff, people that are invested in you. And that's really the culture of Packer Faster. Like, I love going there because, you know, I get to see all the, all the team members, which I, you know, know a lot of them, obviously. But, I mean, it's just, just awesome people doing awesome work in a, building a great company. It's, just, it's really cool stuff. So you should be very proud of that. Um, yeah, Steve, and just, out, just to continue on the culture a little bit, and I think why it, yeah. it's, it's so critical to us and why it, it's so well embraced here is, uh, you know, after we got through the, the uh, Stop the Vanilla process with you in, in 14 or 15, I, I saw a, uh, a speaker on intentional culture. I think it was David Friedman. And he really um, pushed the envelope, pushes the envelope on intentional culture. And, you know, his concept is, you know, you have to write it down. You have to write it down to hold yourselves accountable to it. We always felt we had a strong culture. I'm like, oh, people work hard. We have fun. We laugh a lot. We're successful. Uh, but Friedman really, you know, challenged, challenged me at least to, to make this um, documented and documented and write this down to ensure it was sustainable. So, I, you know, in all my wisdom, I sat down and I started writing this list of things, you know, oh, we act with integrity, we have fun, we work hard, we create leaders, blah, blah. And, and, I, and I literally took that piece of paper and I crunched it in a ball and threw it away. And I said, what am I doing? Right. We, mm. we already have this great culture. Uh, we're already successful. We're having fun. So at that point, I, I just sent out a company-wide email. And I said, you know, guys, don't write me a novel, guys and gals, but just send me back two or three bullet points on, A, why you enjoy coming to Packer Faster, and B, why you think we're successful. And we probably had 30 or 35 team members at that point. And I started to get the emails back. And, and all of a sudden, I started, that's the same, that's the same, that's the same, that's the same. And I went, holy cow our team just defined our intentional culture. So when it came time to roll this out or roll it out back, I think we did in 16, it was so easy because it was like, guys and girls, this is who you said we are, right? We love coming to work. We're successful. This is now the most important document that exists in the Packer family. Because if we want to continue to make this sustainable, we need to hold ourselves to these standards. 
And so that's why, you know, that's our number one vetting tool on bringing in a new hire is that is such a valuable, valuable piece for us. And, and we yes, really revolve everything around culture. So let's dive into that a second. Um, you mentioned that early on that you first interview for cultural fit. So talk about how you do that, because I know that a lot of companies try to do that. Talk about how you do it. Yeah, we base a lot of the questions around it, Steve, but I, I can tell you, if I sit down with someone and I just ask them, I want to hear your story, I can probably peg within 10 minutes if they're going to be a cultural fit. And, when, and honestly, Steve, when you're talking where you're 95% referral-based, like-minded people hang out together. Yeah. So if you're, if you're yeah. a cultural fit, you, chances are your, your friends or your colleagues are also going to be in alignment with that culture. So that, that navigates or mitigates a lot of those questions. Um, but now again, you know, I, I'm not in every interview. I'm in most of them at this point. But, you know, my, my direct reports, you know, they've been around me long enough. They, they're senior leaders in the company. They're cultural fits. They know, they know who is and who isn't. So, like, what would be a question you'd ask to determine cultural fit? I, I like to ask people what their first job was. And if you tell me you worked on a dairy farm, I know you have a work ethic. Yeah. What about a paper? What about a paper route? <laughs> That's also pretty good, Steve. That's also pretty. <laughs> that was, yeah, that was my first one, uh, and I did work on a farm as well. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you fit in great here, Steve. You fit in awesome. Yeah. I know yeah. that. Let me uh, let me send over my resume. <laughs> and, and then you know, just always asking, you know, what what their aspirations are, and the best answer I ever get is, you know. Your job looks pretty good. I wouldn't mind sitting in your seat someday. That's the best response I can ever get. Yeah, yeah, yeah we want you know, yeah. somebody who's, who's driven to, to to grow themselves. Yeah, uh, we have a. You just brought it up, but one of the things that we train on in interviewing is 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 to get the person to tell their story, right? Because within that story is everything that created them, and it created their behavioral science. It created their disc graph. It created who they are. It created everything about them. And so I, what I do is. I, I, sh I tell my story. So I'm the first one to talk in an interview. I tell my story very succinct, but here's my story. And, and by doing that, you show them how to tell their story, right? And the next thing you know, they're telling you what growing up was like, and they're telling you the good things about their life and the bad things about their life. And now we got this transparency in an interview that we've never had before, which leads to what? Making a very informed hire because that decision is not only important for you guys, but it's important for the, the, the potential team member as well. And so that telling your story thing, uh, I'm glad you brought that up because that is a, that's a, to me, the first step in every interview. Right. Um, and candidly, how much a person shares with you is part of culture, right? Like is transparency or vulnerability or one of your tenants of culture? I mean, just being out there. Yeah. I'm assuming it is some. Yeah. It's, it's weaved in here somewhere, Steve. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, cause that's the, that's the culture of your organization. Um, okay. Let's keep talking about your culture. How does your strategy process being a strategy and talent company here? How does your strategy, uh, impact your culture? Can you think of, uh, anything there? I was yeah. just curious on that. No, Steve. So, you know, we're a culture of growth. So when we approach strategy every year and the execution of strategy, we are constantly looking at ways to continue to grow the organization. I would say that's the biggest impact on our strategy is, is, you know, we're, we're a growth oriented organization. Yeah. Okay. So 
the strategy is around growth and growth is part of our culture. I mean, that was one of the tenets that you just brought up. So that's how it ties into that. You know, a lot of leaders talk about their desire to build a culture, strong culture, or they have a strong culture. You have a story um, where it became, it becomes evident that you built this strong culture. Yeah, Steve, I'm not going to tell you a story. I think I'm going to tell you a stat because there, our, our culture, we don't have it written on a wall anywhere here, Steve. We don't send out weekly emails and you know, <laughs> have this constant reinforcement. We truly just live it every day. I will tell you at least one time a day I hear somebody say the word swagger, right? Either while it's giving props because it was in alignment with our swagger or calling someone out because it's not in alignment with our swagger. It's just part of, of who we are. I think it's like, you know, just in our DNA at this point. Um, so, so yeah, I'll tell you where, where I look at the stats is, you know, 98% retention rate. Wow. You know, that, that's to me, the, the power of culture is, you know, especially in this war on talent that we've been able to have 95% uh, referral and then retain 98%. And like I said, we're, we're not selling Ferraris here, Steve. We sell nuts and bolts and brokerage freight. I mean, we could we could have the podcast be that 30 seconds right there. And that that says everything about what you're doing and about what total person development does. It creates it creates stickiness. People want to be there. They want to work there and they're going to perform at a high level because you're investing in me. You care about me. And that's that's the essence of Terry. Terry Albrecht and Packer Fastener to me and why you've been so successful, because every person in that building or your seven locations now knows that you care about them. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I appreciate that, Steve. I, I boil it down to simple. I just treat everyone like I'd want to be treated. Yeah. I, I and not only, do you, not only do you care about them, you care about all their family members as well, which is just so commendable. So looking back over, what, 2014, so it's 2020, looking back over the last six or seven years in leading Packer Fastener, is there anything you would do differently to shorten this learning curve to culture or was that part of the journey? To me, Steve, you know, I'm glad, I'm glad we took the journey we did. You know, we certainly stumbled over ourselves several times, but you know, that's, that those are powerful life lessons that you learn. Um, I would probably, I wish I would have embraced behavioral assessments a little early. I wish I would have learned that earlier in my life. Um, by gosh, by golly, we were very fortunate where we were attracted and developed the talent. But I think that would have that would have been good knowledge to have, uh, you know, before I was 35 years old or whenever whenever we met. Mm -hmm. uh, just and mm -hmm. I think more so to understand myself. I wish yeah. I would have understood myself more at 25 than I did. Yeah, because uh, it, you don't. I don't have it figured out at 45. I, I certainly didn't have it figured out at 25. <laughs> I, I, I say all the time that understanding myself through behavioral science changed every relationship in my life. And Steve, think how powerful that is when, when now we have the ability, uh, you know, with the help of you to be able to do that for people at the ages of 20 or 21 or 25 oh, when they join our organization. Uh, that, that in itself is incredibly powerful. Yeah. And uh, that's why I wrote the second book, because I was running into it every day, Terry, and, and, and like, just be a little thoughtful about your future and, and your career and the person you want to become. And you know what? It starts to happen. It starts to happen. Um, and I, uh, I just, it, it just, I'm, that, 
that gets me all jacked up when I start thinking about that kind of stuff. So w- when we get down to the single scoop here, Terry, this is about this is about boiling it down, everything down to one actionable takeaway. Um, and you mentioned earlier that it might be understanding yourself. So we could go with that here. Um, but what would be one actionable takeaway for any leader listening to this podcast to create this employer of choice culture? Yeah, Steve, this is interesting, right? Because I don't know if you can tell people to care about people as, as an overall individual. Yeah. You know, I, I would say that is a, a huge step is, is just understanding that people don't live in silos and and at least have uh, the wherewithal to understand that, you know, they're, they're people at work and they're people away from work. And that uh, that that is the entire whole person, I guess. I'm tripping over myself now, yeah. Steve, but. No, off mic a no, little that, bit here. You know, I this one I struggled with coming up with an answer because I don't think there's like a silver bullet here. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. think culture is so important, but I think you know culture getting kind of beat to death. Yeah, like uh, I look back in my career, and like ten years ago, I had a CEO tell me that I don't want to know what goes on in their personal life. I don't. It doesn't doesn't matter to me, and that was like my light bulb moment when I saw, you know, what leaders like you have built um, and what you've done for everybody that works for your organization versus a leader like that, that doesn't care about their personal life. I mean, the one thing that I've learned is that, you know, everybody has issues and if they tell you they don't, that's their first one, right? So we all go through challenges in our lives. And when your team members are there, when your leader there is there caring for you, like life's just a lot more enjoyable and a lot easier. And so to me, the future of talent development is developing the total person. And, and, and you've accomplished, you've, you've done that there. You continue to do that there. And that's why you have stacks of resumes when you have an opening. And so for any listener out there that, that wants to create this employer of choice culture, to me, the first step is understand yourself be open and transparent about that, but then and start investing in the total person. Take one person in your organization and put a development plan together for them. Identify their top two or three development priorities. And, you know, I do leadership development plans every day, all day. And I can just tell you right now that of those three, at least one of them will be outside of work. Would you concur with that, Terry? Absolutely, Steve. Absolutely. And I think a a good first step takeaway, Steve, for anybody who wants to start the journey, um, you know, that, that will have an impact outside of work, but, but can be done, I think, relatively um, professionally, uh, is to look at the behavioral assessments and just start to strive for optimal role alignment based on how people are wired. Be- because they will, as we've mentioned earlier, they'll be more satisfied at work which inevitably will spill over to the total person away from work. And so you are, uh, I guess, kind of impacting their lives outside of work without, if you're uncomfortable asking those questions or you're not there yet, uh, it's an incredibly powerful way to impact the overall person without, you know, without getting into anything personal or social. Yeah, that's a great point. Because the one question I ask people when they take the assessments for the first time is, have you shared these with anybody at home or anybody close to you? And they, and they often laugh like, yeah, like, uh, you know, they've known this for 10 years, you know? And so, <laughs> but the point of bringing that up is that creates that, that creates that discussion now, right? It creates that, that opportunity to have a discussion about who I am and how I can get better 
And I always tell people like when I'm coaching something and they're having a relationship issue, especially with their spouse or partner, I say, focus on yourself, just focus 100% on yourself. And as you change, this person will change as well. Because you can't change them, but you can change yourself, right? right. And so that's, that's a huge takeaway. Uh, Terry, I, um, I, um, when I think about Packer Faster and I think about what you've accomplished there and what you're going to accomplish and the lives that you're changing, the lives that you're improving, um, I just think you're an example of the future of talent development. And you're an example of what a leader in the future not only wants to be, but is going to need to be. And the fact that 71% of companies in Wisconsin are already concerned about, right? They're already concerned about having enough talent in 2021, and we're not even there yet, and we're not even through the pandemic yet. That tells us that talent is going to continue to be the number one challenge that all companies face. Uh, 90% of all companies, their number one challenge is talent. And the way that you overcome that is by what we've talked about today with you. And that is the number one takeaway for me is that you start by building a culture that cares about the total person, and then you watch things just evolve from there. So um, in closing up the podcast today, um, any other words of wisdom, Terry? Uh, any other takeaways before we wrap it up? Yeah, Steve, I just leave it as, you know, it's a mindset. It really is a mindset. It, it's a journey. It doesn't happen overnight, but if you start to look at things through maybe a different lens than you're looking at, through them through now and you know you get away from just uh, focusing on sales and sales growth and tactical and issues and you just you start again start looking at the person you know instead of the the metric or the number um, that that goes a long way so yeah. again yeah. That would be my my advice to anyone who's starting the journey is is um, you know start to look at your mindset and if you're prepared to to go down the road because it's, it's an awesome road it's an incredible journey and I will tell you that the business success will follow. Yeah, and that has followed for you and, and your team at Packer Fastener. Congratulations on your growth, on your continued success. Um, I want to thank you for being here. I want to thank you for the leader that you are. And just I re just really appreciate your time this morning um, as we wrap up our podcast here. Um, and I want to I want to encourage the listeners to think about what your first step is. What's your first step out of this podcast today? to um, continue on building a employer of choice culture and investing in the total person. Uh, thanks again, Terry, for being here. Um, is there, um, give us your website or anything else that you wanna share about the organization so more people can learn about Packer Fastener. Yeah, you can check out our website, packerfastener.com. Um, you know, again, we're very people and culture centric, so you will see culture first and foremost on our website. We actually, if you click on our about us, it is strictly our 14 cultural bullet points. So if you care to learn a little bit more, check us out. You can follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn as well, but also uh, feel free to reach out. You know, I, I love talking about this stuff. So, um, you know, I'm happy to, happy to share any of my, my history with this with anyone. And uh, talk a little bit um, before we go. Talk a little bit about your freight up, your freight company that you've recently uh, gone. To. Just talk a little bit about that. Uh, this, this is a great story, Steve. So this is, speaks to the power of culture and total person development. Uh, one of our guys was just out with some friends talking shop uh, after work over beers a couple years ago. Uh, he had some friends that were in the freight industry that were they weren't fulfilled at their current role. Um, uh, our young salesmen were not that young anymore, but he was talking about the good things about our culture. 
And uh, those guys asked him, they're like, hey, do you think Terry would ever be interested in starting a freight division or a freight company? And, uh, and Jeremy, the young salesman said, well, I'll, I'll ask him. I don't know. So Jeremy came and asked me and I said, that's a terrible idea. What does freight have to do with fasteners, right? But I'm an entrepreneur at heart. So I sat down and met with these uh, two young guys and and I, I wasn't enamored with the freight industry, but I was enamored with them from a cultural alignment standpoint. And uh, Steve, two years later, that is now a $25 million unit of our business. All because uh, people were out there talking culture and you know referring them via because it's uh, they enjoy coming to work every day. But what I heard, just heard, is you didn't bet on the idea. You bet on the people. Absolutely. All day you long. You bet on the people. Bet on the and, people. And you also know that you would invest in them for them to set them up for success as well. That's a great story. That's a great story. All right. Uh, thanks again, Terry, for being here. Um, and continued success to you and your team members. Uh, I love Packer Fastener. I love the people there. I love what you've done. And uh, I look forward to continuing to be a part of it. And I appreciate your time today here on Stop the Vanilla Podcast. Awesome. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for having me. Thank you for spending some time today listening to the Stop the Vanilla Experience, where we explore how to achieve your vision for your business and your career in life with the right strategy and right talent. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on either Apple or Spotify. And we encourage you to visit StopTheVanilla.com for a ton of resources, including signing up for the Weekly Scoop, which is bite-sized content on how to have the right plan and right talent in your organization, your career, and life. And always remember, those who plan, profit.